When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. This is a Saturday edition, uh, and as we tape this, we're ramping up to an 11 a.m. tip for Oklahoma and Iowa State. But we'll have hoops covered later tonight when Toby and Kevin Henry bring you the Sooner Radio Network postgame show immediately following the Oklahoma-Iowa State game. Today, well, this episode is for football because on Thursdays, let's see, when did we drop? May Wednesday, on Wednesday's game plan, dropped it a little bit late this week, we brought you the entire Lincoln-Riley Zoom press conference with the media. But there was more. Both Dennis Simmons and Alex Grinch met with the media. You'll get some highlights of that coming up here in moments, and then we'll wrap things up with the huddle. Teddy and Toby talking a lot about the Super Bowl. And think about this question. Which Sooner has had the greatest Super Bowl run? In other words, when you think about great Oklahoma Sooner football players, which one would you say had the best Super Bowl? Um, And maybe I say run, because if you still would consider Troy Aikman in that list, you know he's kind of got this hands down. But go look at my man Kenny King and what he did. Anyway, that's coming up on the huddle here in just a bit. In the meantime, let's focus on 2021. Let's focus on this team. Now, if you missed Lincoln Riley, that's in our archives right now. It's the the game plan. You can listen to Coach Riley go through every, I mean, everything. And Toby and I talk about it, including some guys in the transfer portal and some of the new guys coming in. We're going to start today by hearing from Alex Grinch, 
who laid out how this team is much better positioned in 2021 than they've ever been before to replace some of those guys that have moved on to the next level. Yeah, no, I, I think certainly. I mean, I think if you looked at our board and, and, and you know, pr- probably too much in terms of, okay, where, that, let's find 11 guys, you know, maybe two years ago, and, and, and let's, let's try to get to 22 that, that you feel like could, could maybe make an impact in the fall. And I, and I think, you know, credit goes to, to the staff and to the players where I think we got, you know, uh, certainly some, some impact from guys past that, that 22 number. Um, not at every position necessarily, um, but but probably too much of you know from a, 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 a true competitive standpoint or playing at a high enough level where you're probably in that you know what's our 1.5 as opposed to a true two deep, especially in the spring before we added some young guys in here, uh, and maybe as you got through the season um, that that, you're, that that number increased a little bit. But now now as you look at it, I mean. Um, it, it's exciting to see the names on that board. I mean, and it's, but, but in the end, it, it will only come to fruition if we do a great job from a development standpoint. And that, that's, you know, I, you know, I had a defensive meeting today, in fact, and, and just that, that's the message to, to us as coaches as well as to the players is, you know, we like the names up there. We like the potential. Um, and, and there certainly is, is, is more checkers on the board right now as we look at it. But where, where is, it, is it elite? You know, and that, that's one of the words we're, we're starting to use around here. Um, and, and, for, and, and that's that's what it should be. Um, and it, it's the thumbs up elite, thumbs down if it's not. And that, that's a high standard. And are, are we ready to do that? Are we willing to, to go that far uh, as a defensive uh, uh, side of the ball um, and say that's the standard? And that's tough now. And so I, and, and I, I cringe a little bit saying that in February because we, we, there's a lot that has to go into that. But... You know, you can rattle off a lot more names. You you know them, um, and and certainly I know them better than you all. But uh, in terms of where they can, what they can be, but uh, there there's certainly more names. And you look at our front and all. I mean, I don't know that a lot of people rotated six, you know, defensive tackles a year ago, three defensive ends, three three guys that rush linebacker. You know, we we got to rotate even more in the secondary, but at least a minimum of a two deep. And so many of those guys. Uh, being back with and, and young guys we're excited about. So um, believe me, it, it's uh, uh, a whole lot different in this building right now. The, the workouts look a whole lot different than they did uh, a couple years ago where there, there probably was too much of a gap between one and two and two and three, and certainly between one and three. Now we're seeing that, 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 that gap shrink. I love this question that the Sooners defensive coordinator was asked about the jump they made from 2019 to 2020 and doing so without spring football. Now, Alex Grinch, how about the jump from 2020 to 2021 when you do have a full spring complement of practices uh, potentially? Well, it's interesting because so many of those guys, as you mentioned last year, the combination of the, uh, let me get my years right, the 2019 class, um, so many of those guys were not early enrollees. And so their first true offseason with us, you know, minus the summer before their freshman year, would have been this last season. And so many of those guys, right, think about a, a Jeremiah Cordell. I think about a Woody Washington. You know, their, their first offseason with us, uh, you know, was, was blown up. Marcus Stripling, a Corey Roberson. Um, and so, so for several guys that, uh, um, you know, played this last year for us, really, really did so without a true offseason uh, at Oklahoma. And then, as you mentioned, you combine that with the 2020 class, uh, who some of those guys were early enrollees, a DJ Graham, a Bryson Washington, you know, guys that came in with an anticipation of, of getting a head start that, that turns into no off season. Uh, and then, then uh, obviously the guys we added uh, in the fall. And so in all those 
uh, respects. And certainly older guys, you know, they, they, you never stop benefiting from offseason. But specific to those younger guys. And, you know, there, there's a transition when you come to college. There's a transition going, obviously, at, at any level. But but playing at uh, a level, uh, you know, Big 12 football, Power 5 football, at a place like in Oklahoma, there, a transition takes place. You're never absent a transition. It's something that we've talked about as a defensive staff. It's either a transition that, that elevates you in a way that, that you know, it's – it's at the most basic level is, is setting the alarm clock and, and having a responsibility each you know, individual day, you know, and, and combine that with, again, at our level, it's, it's competing on day in and day out basis because why they in the weight room uh, from a development standpoint in runs and lifts. And, and it's not the same lift intensity that you did in high school. It's not the same, you know, the, the break in between your runs has a tendency to get a whole lot shorter come college than it did in, in high school. And they, oh, by the way, the guy you're running next to just is, uh, fast as you are compared to uh, maybe your 75% still won, won races uh, as you trained in, in the high school ranks. And so in any event, you're not, you're not absent of that. A, a transition absolutely takes place. It's just it may not be the appropriate one. And so, you know, what, 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 what did we lose in that way? You know, and, and I give the, the guys a lot of credit. And obviously as a coaching staff, we, we, we're charged with, you know, finding a way to overcome uh, as opposed to just chalk it up and say, well, there's nothing we could do about it. And same thing with the individual guys. And so that that's just one of those things that, um, uh, in a lot of ways, just you know, doing a little bit of makeup work right now. Uh, honestly, as you, as you look at January into February for our guys uh, going into this uh, uh, this off season. Um, uh, but but beyond that, in terms of you know jumps and progressions and, and all that, I mean, the, the 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 end goal here is obviously having an elite defense at Oklahoma. That's that's the expectation. Uh, are we there yet? Uh, I'd be hard pressed to say that we are. Um, uh, on the same token, it's, it's very difficult to always say everything you know progresses on a linear path. Um, and so, there, and, and uh, case in point, I, I, I'm not sure we've been anything close to being elite if you looked at uh, through three or four games this season. Um, and so, I think that's a pretty good example in a small sample size. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think. Uh, you know, one one of the benchmarks, and I, I, I have talked about this, uh, I, I, maybe with you guys, I can't uh, exactly remember, but you know, one one of the benchmarks is going to be when it's not a big story that Oklahoma's playing defense, and I don't know what what, what moment that 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 is going to take place, and obviously, uh, the uh, the goal is to get there, um, but when it becomes the expectation, you know, I, I can't imagine the story is, I can't, you know, oh my God, uh, Oklahoma uh, had a great offensive performance this past Saturday night. Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, that's still a headline when the defense does a good job. And so that, that's – and you build that. That doesn't happen in the season. That doesn't happen after a game. Um, that, that's something that's uh, certainly ongoing. And so that uh, um, it, it is something that motivates us. All right, I love talking with coaches about individuals. For instance, last year watching this Sooner football team, there was one guy not in uniform that seemed to consistently be there cheering on his teammates – uh, firing them up, <laughs> always just being engaged. And that was Justin Harrington. And he's coming off a pretty serious injury. But so is Caleb Kelly, who has been in a lot of rehabs, has battled a lot of different injuries. Alex Grinch was asked if they'll be ready for the spring and what kind of impact they could have. You know, Harrington's a unique case. And, and, and we knew he, he had a uh, little bit of a knee when he, when, he, when he came here. So it wasn't a complete shock that, that you know, something might be done. Like, we didn't certainly know the extent of it. Um, and, and so, um, you know, the, the hope was that, that even if a procedure had to take place, that we'd, 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 we'd at least have him in the 2020 season. I think just as, as we sit here now, the, the real benefit 
uh, is, is we're able to get, you know, every, everything uh, in order. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, for him, there's going to be a sense of relief, you know, understanding that, you know, he played on a uh, and really good foot. I mean, uh, really good football in the junior college ranks on, on what, what appears to be a, a, an injury that may have even taken place, at least the initial one, all the way back to high school. Um, and so this is a real benefit to him. Um, and a lot of credit goes to him because you talk about a guy that stayed fully engaged every single day. Uh, obviously, you, you know, you have the re- rehab aspect of things and, and Caleb, Caleb's a pro at rehab, unfortunately, uh, at, at this point, but, uh, um, but uh, no, specific to, to, to Justin, just uh, um, there, there's not a lot of guys, especially new to your program, um, that I would say uh, could, could have been any more engaged in terms of meeting room, in terms of workouts. Um, and so really, uh, um, obviously credit goes to the, 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 the medical staff in terms of uh, you know, his progression. So, so he's a guy that you know, we expect to, to get uh, at least something out of this spring, which would be critical for him. You know whether it's it's full speed ahead or, or not. We'll, we'll kind of see how the the, the coming months go. Um, and then same thing with Caleb. You know, again a pro at rehab, unfortunately, um, but obviously a tremendous attitude guy. Um, and and uh, you know one that uh, is expecting to have his his uh, best year. And so we'll, we'll get him uh, healthy here at some point. Able to do a lot of stuff. I mean, just just already able to do a lot of stuff. Both those guys. Um, but uh, um, certainly you know get the pads on and, and all that here. Uh, about six, seven weeks, so it'll be be great for him. Speaking of players, one that's coming back after opting out last year, Jalen Redman, who's back with the Sooners. Yeah, it, it uh, it's fun to see him around this building. I uh, you you think you you think you missed him in the moment, then then you see him, and and wow, uh, it. Uh, so no, it it it's it's you know, and he's in pretty good shape. I, I won't accuse him of being completely out of shape that way, but some of that is it's something that, uh, like I said, you're only so much you can do on your own. Um, but, uh, no, he's one of the guys, he's one of us, um, thrilled to, to have him back. I mean, it, his, his best football continues to be in front of him. I mean, you kind of referenced it, just the amount of time being out and just to, you know, um, I, and everybody's story's different and he's going to have a heck of one at the, at the end of this deal. But, uh, uh, no, thrilled to, to, to certainly have him back. And two guys that I'm really intrigued by the Tennessee transfer, Key Lawrence, and the freshman Clayton Smith. Both come in at positions where we think they can both contribute right away. Uh, both athletic freaks. Alex Grinch talked about it. Well, I, and I think he's an example. I mean, the, the, we call him a transfer, but, you know, I, I've only been to – I don't know if there's another guy I've recruited. I've been to more basketball games of or, or you know, went to a football game, recruited him for, for three years. And so I guess by rights he's a transfer because he enrolled uh, in another place last year. But, you know, really looking at it, this isn't, you know, uh, click on the internet and – uh, see what's available. I mean, there, there's a, a, a he did an official visit. I mean, in so many ways, we know more about uh, Key than uh, uh, so many many guys that might be signing somewhere else today. So, um, and they've been having an opportunity to to compete that way um, as he would have as he signed uh, if he signed here uh, a year ago, which I tell him he should have. Uh, but uh, no, with Clayton, uh, you know, just just uh, all, all he did was get continue to get better. Uh, throughout his his career there at, at Texas High, and, and got a lot of respect for the football that's that's played in East East uh, Texas. Uh, comes from a good program, uh, made a major jump junior to senior year, which is so exciting to see. You know, anytime you're recruiting these guys, you know, one of the things you mentioned is you better play like an Oklahoma Sooner. You know, you say you want to be you want to be uh, part of us. You know, you're the responsibility that you have to your high school program and to you uh, and to us is that that uh, what you put on film as a senior better look like. 
uh, not a good high school uh, player, but uh, that, that uh, again, the, the next step is Oklahoma. And he certainly is one of those guys that did it. Uh, he's here right now, uh, competes. Um, uh, now we're awfully excited about, uh, about Clayton, uh, certainly in the, in workouts up until this point and then based on film, but in, and, and a good dude too. So, um, and then with Danny, I mean, it, it, uh, you know, he'll be a guy that, that joins us this summer, um, is, uh, you know, some of the best, you know, what, there's not a whole lot out there that have better high school film than, than, than Danny. And he does some stuff on the basketball court. He's explosive. He got combine numbers to kind of back up what you see on video. Uh, comes from a great family. Um, and so, you know, no, all, all those guys, I mean, I, I think, you know, we averaged about 28 guys a game played on defense this last year. And so, you know, the, the, the proof is that uh, if you're ready, uh, we'll, we'll put you out there. And so uh, those guys have a chance to compete. And then finally, I, I thought this was with the Sooners not signing anyone on the second signing day period. And really more than anything, it's just becoming an opportunity when we could talk to Alex Grinch, Dennis Simmons, and Lincoln Riley about the guys who have transferred in and some of the guys that are now on campus and how they're really understanding being a college student and going through the workouts. Uh, I loved when Alex Grinch, I think Eric Bailey asked the question about what they're looking for in recruiting. And I thought this was great. Even though we didn't have a player to talk about that signed on, what was that, Wednesday of this week, there was still a conversation about recruiting and the type of player that Alex Grinch wants. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, so much of it stems from, you know, trying so hard uh, at a place like in Oklahoma to, to not make compromises uh, in, in terms of the individuals we bring in in any level uh, of our defense, okay? And so it's we can get long. That, that's, that's, that's not hard. You can get big. That's not hard. It's, it's can you do so uh with, with checking all the boxes so you, can you can you add some length while not you know uh hurting yourself from a athletic standpoint and so though it's it's those two attributes as much as anything you know and the same thing in your front can you get big and athletic and and there's less humans on, on the planet that can do each each uh, uh each one of those things uh and or, or pardon me combine those, those those things and so that that's that's the challenge and so as we as we you know, put put a class together. Um, that, that that's something that you're looking to do every single year, and that's that's probably as, as critical as anything is to make sure that you continue to stack uh, th- those classes one on on, on top of the other. What I will say is we will not comp- compromise athleticism. You know that that's a mandate within our program. Um, so that that's the wish list is is big, fast, and strong. Um, but we will not compromise the, the athletic part. And so I uh, got, got uh, I think, several guys that, that, that check those boxes for us. So there's Alex Grinch. Meanwhile, uh, Dennis Simmons is now an assistant head coach. He had an increase in his title, deservedly so. Great guy, great outside receivers coach. Uh, and he's pretty excited about some of his newcomers. He was asked about Mario Williams and the early returns from the freshman wide receiver. Well, uh, you know, we've had a couple of early morning workouts, so uh, – not just myself, but I think the rest of the staff and, and some of the current players have seen how how explosive he he, he truly is. So that's a a, a, a positive uh, plus. Uh, you know, Mario has one of those personalities that is 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 very enduring, and, and people just gravitate to him. So I mean, he he he's kind of like Baker was. He he makes workouts, he work makes practice, he makes all of that stuff fun because he's always gonna have a smile on his face. He's always, you know. Uh, eager to get everybody excited and going. So it's been a pleasure having him here so far. Uh, 
and you know, much like Cody, I look forward to seeing, you know, when we're able to get out there and, and get the pass on to see, you know, where we where where we stack up and where's the starting point at with kind of similar to Alex Grinch, the conversation about spring ball was had, the importance of having a spring this year and just how important that is to his group of receivers to continue to improve. Uh, it's extremely important, you know. Obviously, uh, you know, as a coach, you're going to remember all of those drop passes. I think somebody on this call wrote about at least five of them, but I won't say no names. But, yeah, you know, you're going to remember all of those. Uh, and, you know, you're going to remember, you know, some of the hidden yardage that you left out on the field. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's what we're in the process of going through now is going back and doing self-evaluation on, on, on what we did last year and figuring out ways, you know, a, that I could put these guys in better positions to improve and, and be able to uh, be more successful on the field and, and, and B, what can they do to improve and be more successful on the field, you know. But the front end of that and the, the biggest thing is, you know, we we all sat down and agreed that, you know, we're not going to make excuses for why we weren't successful or why we didn't have the numbers that we want. We're going to sit down and figure out and, and, and take the steps toward of what we need to do. Uh, to become successful, and you know, like I said, it's not a, you know, it's you know, it's not an elephant in the room, and it's not something that we've danced around. We know about the, you know, the most dropped touchdowns in the in the red zone. We know about all of the 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 the, the stats where we weren't where we we pride ourselves in in being, and we're gonna do and the uh and work hard to to correct those. Now I mentioned there's there's no signing class to talk about at least in the late signing period but there's guys that will have an impact from the regular signing period now in mid-December and one of those is Jaleel Farouk. Dennis Simmons was asked about the freshman and also a guy who was a five-star but we didn't get a chance to see him in the bowl game. How's Jaden Hazelwood coming along? With Jaleel, Jaleel uh, is uh, hasn't graduated yet so he will be coming in in the summer. Uh, look forward to getting him in here. He actually uh, they're on slate to have a spring season. So he will have six games uh, this spring. Hopefully, if we're able to get out, I may have an opportunity to actually go see him play live. Uh, you know, a guy that's, that's versatile can play both the slot and play uh, on the outside. Uh, extremely excited to get him in here. Uh, has a, a, a very high catch radius. Uh, and then, you know, just able to, uh, you know, create once he he catches the ball after the catches as well uh he's doing pretty well uh talked to him the other day they got you know got dumped with a whole bunch of snow so uh he was basically just trying to stay dry and warm the last time i talked to him uh as far as uh jaden hazelwood uh the rehab is going great uh he's uh in there busting his butt working uh working hard uh was at uh, workouts this morning, was at the team meeting this morning, uh, and is looking forward to competing and, and getting ready to to really get back on track from uh, where he left off on his freshman year. And speaking of recruiting, you know, it's, it's interesting because we've had some great quarterbacks here and probably based on the way things are going, a couple more great ones, not just uh, on campus but on the horizon too. So Dennis Simmons was asked about the impact that a good quarterback can have a great quarterback can have in recruiting the kind of receivers that he wants I mean by virtue of the position you know that you you you're going to have to lean and and depend on uh, other guys on the field with you Uh, and obviously you know 
there would have been no no Jerry Rice without a, a Steve Young or uh, a Joe Montana. So, I mean, I think kids nowadays, uh, especially with the way social media uh, is so actively involved in their life, kind of understand that. So I think when you do have a guy that, you know, much different like when you and I played football, that, you know, you're able to travel to tournaments and, 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 and you know, do – through social media and FaceTime and live, I think you're able to start establishing those relationships uh, a lot easier and quicker nowadays. So uh, obviously, you know, in in doing that and and, and being able to play with them, you know, it creates a bond, it creates a a brotherhood, a friendship, and, you know, you want to carry that on uh, throughout your college career. So, I mean, I think it it, it does play a big factor in, 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 in the recruiting process of, of, of not just the receivers, but uh, all of the skill positions. All right, there's one more topic that I thought took the headlines from the Alex Grinch and Dennis Simmons pressers, and that was Billy Bowman. Billy Bowman is on campus. He's an absolute uh, incredible athlete, but some feel he's just as good on the defensive side of the football as he is on the offensive side of the football. Alex Grinch was asked about Billy Bowman and whether or not we could see him in the defensive huddle. Well, I, I think uh, you know as you, as you look at guys, it it um, it, it should be um, not not necessarily common. I don't because you know every high school does it different in terms of where they place their individual athletes. Um, but but to, to have an individual in your program that that could help you in, in a number of different uh, roles on either side of the football in a number of different positions. You know that 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 uh, is uh, you know one a, a real feather in his cap, obviously. But but that's an exciting uh, thing for us. You know I, you know we I've talked about it several times and saying if if you identify a guy to play in your defense and say there's one position of, of uh, you know specifically to a skill guy and say well he, there's no chance he could be a receiver. There's no possible way he could be a running back. You know, and they didn't think highly enough of them to, to, oh, by the way, maybe be an option quarterback. They got one of them. Keep in mind that, you know, most of the guys we recruit, they don't, they're not surrounded by, uh, well, Billy might be different down there at Denton Ryan, but uh, uh, not, not uh, you know, surrounded by guys like them. And so, um, in any event, uh, you know, when, when you look at a guy like that, possesses a good skill set, it's fun to watch him on film. Those are the guys that uh, uh, certainly you get excited about. Um, I only talk about him as being a defensive player, you know, and I, 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 said the same thing to him in the recruiting process. Uh, and and uh, um, so, uh, you know, a guy we're excited to work with, you know, and, and, and as he, you know, comes from a tremendous program, as I mentioned, in Denton Ryan, uh, you know, dad's a coach. Uh, so uh, I mentioned t- checking a lot of the boxes. Certainly Billy does that, uh, not just from an athletic standpoint, but uh, uh, from a character standpoint and an upbringing standpoint. So we're excited about him. And then Dennis Simmons was asked about a guy that when we talked about him on signing day, he was mentioned as an athlete. Most of the highlights were as a receiver and as a kick returner. But uh, Dennis Simmons, a little bit more coy on the conversation about Billy Bowman. (laughs) Nah, I think the saying uh, still holds true, you know. All of the guys like the ball in their hands, so uh, I'll let Billy work on that one for me. Uh, but no, it, you know, it's it, it's a credit to him. It speaks to uh, who he is as a, as an athlete. Uh, and we've had several guys that have that have uh, been very successful on both sides of the ball that have that have come in here and uh, and 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 try to figure out a package for him to to be able to do so. Is it? I mean, is playing both ways on the table for him? You know. 
at this day and age in college football, I'm never going to rule any anything out. Uh, also, uh, being on this side of the, uh, of, of the football deal and knowing, uh, being a football nerd and knowing that uh, other coaches at other programs like to go through and look at these interviews uh, when we play them, I'm probably not going to answer that question for you, but uh, everything is possible. I, we're, we're not holding back any, any, uh, any possibilities. It's exciting. Guys are going through workouts. Spring ball is right around the corner. I'm sure we'll have more information about that coming up over the next couple of weeks stay tuned not only to the Sooner Sports podcast but Soonersports.com all right if you want to see the full interview from both Alex Grinch and Dennis Simmons they're up right now at Soonersports.tv and on the football page at Soonersports.com for us we're going to hand the ball off to Toby and Teddy and go in-depth on college football across the country and talk a little Super Bowl with the Huck on the Sooner Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Breaks a tackle, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Oh, mama! This is the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. And by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Let's go! This is the OU Huddle. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. everybody and welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on a Thursday night. It is time for the huddle for the next two hours. We're talking Sooner Sports coming up one hour from now. We'll be joined by Lon Kruger and then Sherry Cole as we talk some Sooner basketball. The calendar has flipped to February, which means the madness of March is just around the corner. So we'll talk some hoops, but this hour dedicated to football and it's been a fun week. We had a signing day this week. Kind of. We heard from Lincoln Riley for the first time in a while this week. So there's some football in the air. How you doing, Teddy Lehman? Doing good, T-Row. How about you, man? I'm doing good. I'm, it was great to see Lincoln again this week. We've always got football to talk about. It was good to see Lincoln. Um, yeah, the, it's it's a little bit different. Signing day obviously has changed than years past. Um, we're kind of used to it now with all the fireworks going on mainly in, in December. There was still some stuff that was... That was happening out there that maybe we were going to get some news on, maybe not, but it was good to see Coach. Nobody uh, signing with the Sooners on signing day, the February signing day, which used to be where all the action was way back when you were a player. Uh, But now, like you said, everybody in December, almost everybody, but the the news of late has been the transfer portal and Oklahoma officially announcing some guys that are headed their way. Eric Gray running back from Tennessee. Micah Bowen's a quarterback from Penn State. Robert Conjol, who's an offensive guard from Arizona. Keyshawn Lawrence, a defensive back. I think safety probably from Tennessee. And Wanye Morris, an offensive tackle from Tennessee. They met some needs there, Teddy. Needed some offensive line depth, perhaps. 
needed some defensive backfield depth, definitely needed a running back because of the departures. So what did, what jumped out at you about these guys? Well, I mean, exactly that. I mean, if you were going to handpick the position groups of need that you needed transfers, it would be exactly those. Um, I think um, Wanye Morris gives you some really good stuff there at tackle. I think he's probably of the group has the best chance to be uh, an immediate starter and a guy that's going to factor into what we do right away. That is no guarantee. I mean, we've got good players and good depth there on the offensive line, but he's going to bring some competition there for sure. I think Key Lawrence on the back end, uh, big, rangy safety that can run, a guy that they liked in the uh, the first round out of high school when they were recruiting him, Grinch is pretty high on him. Um, I don't know that he's going to be a, a starter when he comes in, but he's going to add depth and he's going to add size back there. They've had a hard time getting uh, replacements for those safeties that they've got now. They've tried, and yeah. but they're, they're really good. So, um, But I do think that depth is going to help. And in the running back room, you know, with, with Kennedy Brooks coming back, a what – looks like it's going to be a full normal offseason I think Seth McGowan and Marcus Major are both going to take some really really big jumps so I don't think it's any guarantee that you just slide right in and expect to start getting a big portion of the carries I think that we're going to have a lot of growth from last year to this year as far as that running back room and our young guys boy it's really encouraging what you saw out of McGowan and Major in the Cotton Bowl against Florida. Yeah. Both those guys looked really good. We're going to be do, doing position breakdowns as spring practice approaches and into March and April. And as we go through those position breakdowns, we'll talk more about these guys, show you some video of what they look like in their former uniforms and everything. Our opening segment brought to you by McIntyre Law. Noble McIntyre, McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. As we mentioned, not only Lincoln Riley, but Alex Grinch met with the media on signing day on Wednesday. We wanted to play a little bit of sound for you. And one of the uh, news items that came out of this is that Dennis Simmons has a new title. Here's Lincoln Riley on his new assistant or his new assistant head coach. Coach Simmons, we're going to uh, uh, change his title. He's going to uh, add the passing game coordinator title and then also uh, be our assistant head coach. And uh, so just wanted to wanted to announce that before you guys visit with him. He's, he's been uh, – He's been tremendous, um, obviously, for us. His record speaks for itself uh, as, you know, absolutely one of the premier receiver coaches in the country. You know, he and Coach Gundy have done such a great job with our guys. Uh, and then, obviously, there, there hasn't, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, uh, you know, the guys, the guys' track record speaks for itself. So, uh, and, and, you know, for me, has certainly been a guy that, that I can lean on, uh, you know, somebody I've got a, a very close relationship with, certainly one of my most trusted confidants as far as, as far as the staff. And there's several. The staff is so good. But he is, uh, he's just been fantastic and a huge key to our success and, and felt like that that was very appropriate. So certainly wanted to make this announcement here before you guys get a chance to visit with him. So there you go. Good news for Dennis Simmons. Uh, certainly you look at the receivers and Marvin Mims had a fantastic freshman year, but you go back to CeeDee Lamb and Hollywood and on and on and on. Well-deserved. No, it is. I mean, his position group's been incredibly consistent. So yeah, well-deserved. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you got to do. You know, Lincoln Riley's been, I don't want to say lucky, but 
for the most part, people haven't been coming in and raiding his coaching staff that we see from time to time at different places. So um, they're asking, right? There was some some mention about Demis Simmons uh, possibly this year, but uh, you've got to offer them incentive to, to hang around, and they're earning it. I mean, whenever you look offensively at what Simmons has done, I don't know, can we find another position group? I mean, maybe offensive line, but – has there been anything more consistent than wide receiver at Oklahoma? I mean, you can even argue that quarterback's this, been pretty good. Yeah, this past year, has, well, that Lincoln, he gets, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, you could say that this last year may have been a down year for wide receiver. Agree. And we had a By kid, their standards. Right. And we had a kid break the all-time right. freshman record at yeah. OU, and it was a down year. So that's just kind of the, the level that he's brought that position group up to. You want to talk some defense? Yeah. Al- let's go. Alex Grinch also spoke to the media, and he talked about making great defense like they played this season, the new standard at OU again. One of the benchmarks is going to be when it's not a big story that Oklahoma's playing defense. And I don't know what moment that, that, that is going to take place and obviously uh, the, uh, the goal is to get there. Um, but when it becomes the expectation, you know, I, I can't imagine the story is, I can't, you know, oh, my God, uh, Oklahoma uh, had a great offensive performance this past Saturday night. Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, that's still a headline when the defense does a good job. And so that, that's – and you build that. That doesn't happen in the season. That doesn't happen after a game. Um, that, that's something that's uh, certainly ongoing. And so that uh, um, it, it is something that motivates us. I know that's, uh, that's a soundbite that you eat up right there, isn't it? Don't you wish he'd just get through the nonsense and get to the point, right? <laughs> yeah, There's so much right. extra going Quit on with around the bush, yeah. Alex, yeah. No, he's always straight right to what he's talking about. Um, and I just – I love that mindset. I do. Um, you know, I honestly believe that this coming year, the defense is going to be better than they were in 2020. I do. And, no know, Ronnie Perkins. No Ronnie Perkins. No Trey Brown, no Trey and Norwood. I thought the 2020 defense was going to be better than the 2019 defense that you showed right. a lot of promise. And, you know, you lost Kenneth Murray, first-round pick. Um, but they were better, and I think they're going to be better next year. Why? I think they're going to be better at every single position except for maybe Ronnie Perkins' position. And the reason I say that is a lot of the same guys coming back, yes, but – we're getting bigger, faster, stronger in the offseason. We're, we're set to have a, a, a full offseason where those guys can really work on that. And the knowledge, I mean, it was evident, the knowledge level on this defense from year one to year two. That's why they were better. Yeah. I wouldn't say that necessarily personnel-wise they were, they were a lot better, but they just knew what they were doing, and everyone became way more productive, and I think that's going to carry forward again next year. You know, one of the things that I love is I can't tell you who's going to start at nickel. I can't tell you who's going to start at safety or corner. I can't even tell you who's going to start at inside linebacker and forget about the defensive line. But whatever combination they throw out, there's going to be good because there's three, four, five guys at every position that you trust to put out there. And a lot of that goes back to Coach Grinch and the fact that they play so many guys. Mm -hmm. There's so many players on the roster that have game experience. And I'm not talking about game experience when you're up four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, I'm talking about game experience when there's something on the line and you're going out there and everyone's looking at you to do your job and the pressure's on. There's a big difference between just throwing someone out there in a blowout or having them locked in throughout the week, making sure they know what they're doing and uh, they could be counted on in a, in a football game. I remember uh, 
vividly times this year when we would say on the radio broadcast, wow, they got DJ Graham out there at a big moment. They got Shane Witter out there yep. in a big moment. Some of these defensive linemen uh, who are young, Reggie Grimes in a big spot. So um, depth is what you're talking about right yeah. there. And Alex Grinch says it's been a key to their progress. Is it elite? You know, and that, that's one of the words we're, we're starting to use around here. Um, and, and, for, and, and that's, that's what it should be. Um, and it, it's the thumbs up elite, thumbs down if it's not. And that, that's a high standard. And are, are we ready to do that? Are we willing to, to go that far uh, as a defensive uh, uh, side of the ball um, and say that's the standard? And that's tough now. And so I, and, and I, I cringe a little bit saying that in February because we, we, there's a lot that has to go into that. But, you know, you can rattle off a lot more names. You, you know them, um, and, and certainly I know them better than you all, but uh, in terms of where they can what they can be, but uh, there's certainly more names, and you look at our front and all. I mean, I don't know that a lot of people rotated six, you know, defensive tackles a year ago, three defensive ends, three, three guys that rush linebacker. You know, we, we got to rotate even more in the secondary, but at least a minimum of the two deep, and so many of those guys uh, being back with, and, and young guys we're excited about. So, um, believe me, it, it's uh, – uh, a whole lot different in this building right now. Uh, the workouts look a whole lot different than they did uh, a couple years ago where there, there probably was too much of a gap between one and two and two and three, and certainly between one and three. Now we're seeing that, 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 that gap shrink. Isaiah Thomas went from a good player to a great player last year. I can't wait to see who that is this upcoming season. I think David Aguebu could be that guy. I think Woody Washington has a chance to be. Hopefully there's four or five of those guys next year. Well, I mean, think of it this way, and we'll get into some of this later, but I thought Trey Brown just had one of the better senior bowls of anyone out there, but I don't know that he would have been the best corner on our defense next year. And he was voted like player of the week, corner of the week out there. So, I mean, just the depth is, it's really unbelievable. And, you know, he mentions it there, how many guys they rotated through defensively. I mean, our defensive line, I, I just, I know there's definitely guys that are better than others, but I don't know anyone that I would look at in a critical down that we've got because of whatever running guys on and off that we've got a rotation out there that I don't feel 100% comfortable at any moment in a football game. You know, and I, that's something that not only is it rare that we've said that around here defensively for a while, it's rare to say that anywhere right. defensively. I mean, not just Oklahoma. I'm talking anyone. Thomas, Winfrey, Stripling, Roberson, Stokes, Ellison, Kelly, Grimes, obviously Perkins was there last year. Jalen Redman. Jalen Redman. Coming oh, back. He's coming back. Wow, that's uh, there you go. There's your getting after the passer. All right, we need to take an opening timeout. You mentioned the Senior Bowl. Let's talk about it and the Super Bowl when we come back. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. The huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch. 
Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light Fair. Welcome back to Rudy's, everybody. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear from Curtis Lofton, the pride of Kingfisher, former Sooner All-American. I think you're going to enjoy that interview. Also, don't miss In Layman's Terms, my, fa my favorite segment of this show. That's coming up in a bit. But this segment, we're going to talk Super Bowl and Senior Bowl in the news, brought to you by Riverwind, still the one. We showed you some uh, practice video last week on the show. You mentioned Trey Brown had a great week. Creed Humphrey had a great week uh, down there in Alabama. The game was a little anticlimactic. It always is. Ramondre Stevenson, seven carries, nine yards. He had a catch as well. Adrian Ely played. Trey Norwood played as well. If you care, the national team beat the American team 27-24. Did you get a chance to watch any of this? I watched stuff? some of it, but how weird is it? It's almost... When Creed snaps it to Ellinger and yep. Ellinger hands off to Ramondre, it just doesn't. Uncomfortable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just tough to watch. But Creed was fantastic. He had a great week, which we knew he would. He had fallen off a lot of those mock drafts for whatever reason this year. But whenever he got down there and they got to see him in action against some top talent, he did really well. Um, you know, Trey Brown obviously had a great week. To me, in the practice highlights – he looked like the quickest guy at the entire uh, senior bowl. He looked fantastic. So uh, it was great to see him out there perform so well. You know, really everyone from Oklahoma, I think, went down there and ultimately improved their stock. Um, that was Trey Norwood, by the way, laying the lick there yeah, that, that nice uh, popped shot. the ball loose. Not necessarily known as a big hitter, but that was a big hit right there. Um, so we'll have some more as draft gets closer, pro day around the corner. We'll keep an eye on these guys as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. Meanwhile, this Sunday, Teddy, is the Super Bowl. We've got the Buccaneers and the Chiefs coming up down in Tampa. Only one sooner in the game this year. That's James Winchester who is uh, in it for the second straight season. He, was, he had Blake Bell and Damian Williams with him last year. These are the recent Sooners to play in the big game. Lane Johnson, Geno Grissom, a couple of appearances with the Patriots. Daryl Williams got in with the Panthers. Mainstays. Every year we've got Back people the there team. almost. What is your favorite performance by a Sooner in a Super Bowl, Teddy? I don't think there's any question it was Winchester last year firing <laughs> really? those deep snaps. I mean, everything <laughs> was just pure, perfect. If you don't mention the deep snapper, he had a good game, right? right that's right. Yeah. So that's it? James Winchester? I mean, I don't know. I was trying to think back and, and, and think of any outstanding performances, and I know they're out there, but who, what about you? There's been a bunch. Obviously, I would claim Troy Aikman, right, when he uh, wins Super Bowls anyway. Tony Casillas, um, Reggie Kinlaw, Elvis Peacock, Joe Washington. Back in the day, Ricky Dixon was in a Super Bowl, Keith Jackson. But I think probably for me, and this is going to predate you, we just have to trust me on this one, Kenny King with the Raiders had an 80-yard touchdown catch. Which And he was the, the starter for them in two Super Bowls back in the day for a long time held up as the longest reception in Super Bowl history. I'll go Kenny King okay. for my answer. Are you sure? Because you just kind of threw it out there that we claim Troy Aikman. Is that actually true? Is that when he does good? Yeah, I think okay. so. I th are we are we not supposed to claim Troy? I don't he know. played here, right? 
Yeah, yes. Yes. I guess. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I Some. didn't pick Troy. I went with Kenny King <laughs> for my favorite. How about the next Sooner in a Super Bowl? Who's going to be next? James Winchester this week. <sighs> Forecast for me. Dare I say Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield? Kyler Murray? You think well, Cleveland's I mean, getting there? Maybe it's one. It'll be the the twenty five guys that we have on the Baltimore Ravens, uh-huh. right? It's uh, we've got such a good group up there. I think that that could be it because they're close. They've got the quarterback. Right. They just got to get over the hump in the playoffs. So there's a whole group of those guys, and we'll see what Baker. Man, I mean, I'm telling you, they. Um, for the way they started this season and the way they ended, they could have something there. They've done a really good job with Keep that Keep an eye on Kyler and Baker. I don't know if they're going to be in the next couple of years, but maybe. you got Jalen and Lane with the Eagles and C.D. and Neville with the Cowboys. Those teams seem like they're a ways off. Tress is still kicking with Washington. It seems like they're a ways off. I'm not sure Adrian's getting there. I don't know where he's going to end up next year. Um, but and, uh, Cody Ford is yeah, with Buffalo and Daryl Williams, so they got a shot around the court. But I think you've hit the right one. I mean, you've got Hollywood, Mark Andrews, Orlando Brown, Ben Powers all playing for a Baltimore Ravens team that well, is knocking on the door. You've got to feel good that in five years, whenever Brady finally steps away and stops going to the Super Stop Bowl it. every year, you've got a bunch of really good young quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, Buffalo, obviously, and, and what we've got up there with our guys in Buffalo – Cleveland, I mean, there's a bunch of good teams. Obviously, the Ravens, good young quarterback play. And on those teams, Oklahoma's pretty well represented. Personal favorite Super Bowl moment for you. Doesn't have to involve a Sooner. Yeah, I was trying to think if it was Brady's first Super Bowl, the second one. This guy loves Tom Brady. uh, The fifth or the sixth. (laughs) But I I tell you, I honestly think, like, the, the craziest for me, and I know there's been some great ones, but... When Malcolm Butler intercepted that ball down on the one-yard line. Another Patriots win, by the way. Well, I mean, you thought the thing was over. Um, Just amazing. Run the football, right? Should have, (laughs) in hindsight. Um, I I, I got two. I wasn't a Bears fan, but the fridge barreling into the end zone, one of the all-time great Super Bowl moments. I think, and I'm not a Giants fan either, but I definitely root against the Patriots. David Tyree's catch. That was amazing. That's, that the, was amazing. that's the biggest moment for uh, in Super Bowl history for me. Certainly one of – I mean, probably it's Joe Namath running off the field with the crooked finger, but that was against my Colts, so I don't remember that one uh, fondly. All right, time to pick the game. Chiefs or Buccaneers? I know who you're picking. <laughs> I'm, Tom Brady homer you are. I'm, I'm picking Tampa Bay, um, you know, I think for – Several reasons. I think that that team has kind of latched onto the moment, and this is special. This is huge for them. And not that it's not for Kansas City, but it's always more difficult on the second time around getting everyone to really lock in. Um, I think skill position-wise, whenever you start clicking off wide receivers, uh, Antonio Brown was a full participant participant today. Mike Evans, Godwin. uh, You look at their running game with their running backs, obviously Brady. They've got a, a full complement there, and their defense is, is really good. The Chiefs are missing some guys on the line of scrimmage, and I think that's going to be a factor for them. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I'll take the Chiefs. I cannot, uh, uh, I cannot root for Tom Terrific. Can't get over that, the old Colts and I can't Patriots, do it. No, I, I think you know how you said uh, OU and Texas on yeah. the same side of the ball doesn't fit? 
Same with my brain and Tom Brady. No, it doesn't work. I'll take the Chiefs. I think their offense is too much, and they're going to get it done. Now, that all depends on how big of a factor the uh, rogue barber was on the Kansas City Chiefs locker room this week. Hopefully, they're not missing too many guys. I feel bad for that guy if they do uh, have a bunch of positive tests. We remember the guy for the Cubs. Oh, yeah. Could get Bartman. May have to go you say into, he's the new Bartman? He may have to go into uh, witness protection. We've got one great linebacker on our show. We're about to add another. When we come back, we'll hear from Curtis Lofton. You're watching The Huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. Riverwind. Still the one. You talk about coming from Kingfisher. I'm sure everybody was a huge OU fan at that point, but what did it mean to you after that once you got to Oklahoma and kind of got all bought in representing your home state? Well, to me, it it meant that much more. Being from Oklahoma, playing at Oklahoma, I actually felt like, uh, you know, I had a lot of responsibility to go and represent and do it in the right way, Uh, be the one bright uh, shining star for Oklahoma. You know, we had a lot of Texas guys and a lot of people from other places, but being from Oklahoma, you know, I wanted to – uh, represent every former player that we talked to kind of talks about the family atmosphere how even despite you know maybe different coaches or the changes that it still remains that that tight-knit group and brotherhood that not every place gets how special has it been for you to kind of be a part of that and, and continue to pass it down and, and see that it's still kind of going all those legacies and traditions that you were a part of well, you know, when I first came to Oklahoma, I had Adrian Peterson and Tommy Harris and Mark Clayton and uh, Ronaldo works and the list goes on of just really just answered all my questions and just kind of really tucked me underneath their arms. And then in my career and then I went to the NFL and it's kind of a pay it forward kind of kind of thing. You know, uh, I'm appreciative for everything, all the knowledge and all the information, because when I decided to come out early, you know, I leaned on my sooner brother and, and they helped me with finding an agent, finding financial advisors, just uh, what to look forward to. And so when I got the opportunity to come back and get back to, you know, Kenneth Murray and Caleb Kelly and, uh, you know, a few other guys, it's been it's been a blessing and it's something that I look forward to doing. How cool is that to get to kind of help the next generation? You know, it's it, I think it's very vital, especially, you know, that I have this plethora of football knowledge that, just throughout my years of OU and then going to the NFL to be able to help pass that along and help the next generation be successful. I think that's something that important that everyone should do. And when the guys reached out to me, um, I didn't know how serious they were. And so I said, hey, you know, one thing about me, I keep it all the way 100. So if you expect to have a cheerleader, that's not going to be me. But at the same time, I'm going to, you know, watch your tape. I'm going to watch your games. I'm going to give you notes and stuff to help you be successful at the next level and, uh, and where you're at. And, you know, credit goes to those guys because they took everything. They were like sponges and absorbed everything. And, 
you know, it's really cool for me. It gave me my love back for football because, you know, I was a little burned out. And, you know, foot, I, I can't watch football as a normal fan. You know, I'm looking at coverages. I'm looking at disguises. I'm looking to see what the offense is trying to do. And so when I started helping those guys, uh, seeing if they're implementing the things, the techniques that I taught them and we worked on, we watched film, and it just really gave my love back. Teddy Lehman talks all the time about how this program and its tradition and its success is built on defense. How important is that, that it's not just about all of the offense and the focus is going back to the defense? When offense isn't clicking on all cylinders, you need a defense that's going to be able to, hey, get three and outs, get the ball back to the offense and get them more possessions. And uh, the defense is doing that now. And I would even say this is one of the most complete teams that uh, the Sooners had in the last 10 years. And, and the fact of, hey, you know, the defense is going to get it stops. So they're going to get out there the quarterback. They're going to turn the ball over. And the offense, you know, with running the ball to passing the ball with their many uh, weapons over there, and it reminds you of the old days. You know, we had a solid defense. The Sooner Foundation is built off defense. And uh, we've been fortunate to have so many offensive weapons that, you know, goes hand in hand. You know, sometimes defense isn't on to play well, and you need your offense to go and vice versa. And I'm so thankful that the Sooners are finally uh, rolling like that. So you, you said that for what Coach Stoops said that you don't lose games. How do you guys manage that? Is it just something that you know coming in that, hey, this is the expectation and we don't want to be the ones to kind of let anybody down? Is that kind of the how it goes when you, you get to that point? It's, it's the standard. And, you know, we've had so many – you know, even from when I was there, we had Rocky Kalmus and Teddy Lehman, Rufus Alexander and Zach Lattimore. Those guys were in front of me and they told me and showed me, hey, this is the standard of linebacker play. And so you either live up to it or you get replaced. And, you know, it took me three years to go on the football field. And I said, hey, ain't I, you know, I'm not going to lose my opportunity to, to go out and, you know, be one of the greats. And so. You know, they'll go back to the question. It's the standard set, and you, we love it. You love having a standard, and you have to live up to it, and these kids are doing that. Uh, it's good to see Curtis again. Uh, I get out to Kingfisher every once in a while. They got a little golf course out there I like to go play because it's easy, and I can, you know, act like I'm good. <laughs> that and confidence. That up. guy still is the king of Kingfisher, man. They love Curtis Lofton out there. That interview brought to you by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel. Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past. Get Pike Pass. Let me ask you this. Um, you got the Boz. You got Rod Schott. Mm -hmm. He mentioned Kalmus and Lehman and uh, Kenneth Murray in recent years, Lofton. In this current batch of linebackers, do you see a next great? Is there greatness there that could live in that group? I think there is. Here's what's great is I think it could be Aguebu. I think it could be Asamoah. I think it could be Witter. Um, I like uh, who they signed in this year's recruiting class coming in. I mean – it could be any number of guys, and it's all starting to click for them. I mean, there's, you know, you go back two years ago, and there were some lost guys out there, and obviously Kenneth Murray played great. And I think that's one of the keys, and you heard Curtis talking about it there, is, you know, whenever he showed up, there was a standard of, of play in front of him, and, and he went out there and tried to emulate that. That's what's going on in that room right now. There's a standard of play, first-round draft pick, and everyone's trying to emulate that right now, and I think you're getting really good play out there. If I had to pick, 
I would say probably Aguebu because he's he's the guy that's got all of the tools. I mean, six four, yeah, two fifty. You just you you know, there's some really good players there, and there's they're they're quick and they're fast, but. You just don't have guys that have that size, that speed, that length at that position. It's really rare. He's still uh, thinking about it a little bit, you can tell. I'm sitting next to you long enough to know that that linebacker position, there's so many things about what gap you're supposed to be in reading defenses that for a year, remember Kenneth Murray, early in his career, he'd find himself in the wrong place. And then sometime in that sophomore year, maybe, or whatever, it starts to click and they start playing instinctually. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we see Aguebu quite playing instinctually. No, I agree with that. And you're talking about a guy that moved from the outside inside. And it's the most difficult thing to do in football, in my opinion, is defensively to go from playing an outside position where you've always got the ball on one side of you to an inside position where you've got the entire field to survey and there's different guys blocking you. So it's incredibly difficult. He had no off season, right? Mm -hmm. No spring, no summer with the coaches. It was all gone. And to make that transition and still play the way that he did way better at the end of the season than, than the beginning, when he puts this spring together, Winter, spring, summer, training camp. He's going to look like a different player come fall. Brian Odom doing a great job with that crew. All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to break down for you in our In Layman's Terms segment. He's going to break down for you one of the biggest plays, maybe the biggest play of this past OU football season. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. Hi, welcome back to the huddle, everybody. Toby and Teddy with you. We got Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole coming up next hour talking some basketball. There is a little bit of breaking news on the basketball front this afternoon. The Baylor game next Wednesday has been postponed for the men. Baylor's got a COVID issue, so that game won't be played. But uh, this Saturday's game will, and we'll talk about that with uh, Coach Kruger and Coach Cole coming up at the top of the hour. It's time for In Layman's Terms now. This is my favorite segment on the show. It's brought to you by Kincaid Coach. Visit KincaidCoach.com for more information. This is the segment every week here in the offseason when we ask Teddy to go in-depth for us and explain something to us. And I love this this week. You have taken really one of the pivotal plays, not just of the OU Texas game, but of the season why did it work? How did it work? And what did it mean? We're talking the overtime touchdown pass to Austin Stock. Yeah, a huge moment in the game, obviously. We're down in overtime. It's third and eight. We're in the red zone, and we're trying to punch it in. So uh, just absolutely must-have situation here 
for the Sooners down seven. And Texas and, has all the momentum at this point. Remember, she, they yeah. rallied in the fourth quarter to get it into overtime. They score first in overtime. It feels like Texas is about to win this right. football it game. It does, and, and there's some interesting stuff that goes on in this play, and we're going to run through it. You know, there's protection that needs to be talked about. The, the coverage that Texas is in is, is interesting, and, and the route combination, and all the, the – just the tiny little things that – you don't really get to see that really factor into the way that this play unfolded. So uh, should be a fun one. Let's roll the video. Overtime, third and eight, Sooners down a touchdown. Yeah, we'll just kind of roll through it quickly here to, to give you overall feeling. We got trips up there to the field. Uh, Stogner, lone receiver down here to the bottom, that nub side. And uh, Rattler goes to him. He goes up and he makes the play. So um, pretty straightforward. Great play there by Stogner. Good throw by Rattler. But let's take a look as to what else happened out there and, and, and kind of let it unfold that way. The first thing you got to look to is protection. And now remember, there's trips out here to the field. Now, almost all the time, the center is going to go to the trip side. You see a linebacker up there in the B gap. They're going to bring five guys. It's going to be a five-man pressure. Now, they got to overload to the left, so Creed adjusts the front, and, and he's going to go to the left side. Now, it's perfect because they're going to run a game here, and Osai, their best rusher, is on the outside, and they're going to bring him in. Now, Marcus Major, he's got his antennas up. He knows Osai's on the outside, five-man pressure. He's expecting to chip and help that tackle there with the best rusher. So whenever you roll it, it's actually going to be a game, and they're going to try and attack the inside of the formation. You see Osai come in. Creed's in great position. You see how he can extend, push his guy over the guard. He basically shoves him right over the top of the guard, <laughs> and he sees Osai coming out. This is film study. He knows what's coming, and he's a great position here to get the looper. And uh, as you let it roll, you'll see him pick up the looper. And you wa also watch Marcus Major, who's going to help his tackle. Just a little bit of a chip there. Um, you know, that was just in case the size on a speed rush. So really good protection right there by the offensive line. Five-man protection. You got one-on-ones everywhere. And Rattler, he, you know, he kind of fades into pressure here. Mm -hmm. Had a really good pocket to throw from. Look at all those guys, one-on-ones that, that have those players locked out. That's exactly what you want There's to see. There's nobody open right there, Tim. I mean, maybe Marcus Major is open, but that ball is in the air. And Stoops is covered. Stogner looks to be covered. He's yeah, and we'll hit that. He's not throwing to a open player. He's throwing to a matchup. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the route combination. We'll roll this on and, and give a little bit different of a look to it. So man-to-man -man coverage, and it's it's cover cover one. Now, as I talked to five-man pressure, which means you've got. Uh, six guys to cover five eligible. You're going to have five man-to-man -man guys with a single high safety. Now, when you have a single high safety, typically he runs the middle of the field. He helps on any deep balls, outside leverage. You funnel everything to that safety. Now, in the red zone, teams will do something different with that safety because obviously you don't need the deep help down the middle. So a lot tighter. He'll jump some things underneath. Now, up at the top, you're going to get a, a really cool combo. They know it's man-to-man -man coverage, so they line up in a tight kind of a stack there. They're not on top of each other, but they're going to use their release to pick one of these defenders. And you're going to get Drake Stoops running across. 
and you're going to get Stogner pushing up the field. He's got that safety. He knows who's covering him, and the backer has uh, Marcus Major man-to-man. So as you let it roll here, watch the combination route on the top. There's the outside release. Then he uses that wide receiver to hide behind, and he's going to come back in, and it turns into a natural pick there. My picture's in the way, but the safety – I think they bit, they got him on this earlier because he bites on that route. Rattler, and we'll look at his eyes in a minute, but he never even looks over there, and the safety vacates the field. But what I want you to watch down here, Marcus Major, know he has the, has the backer, or the backer has him man-to-man. Watch how he just continues. Instead of just standing where he is, he sees Rattler's throwing the ball. He widens to pull that linebacker out of the window to where he can throw it mm. to Stogner down the field. And they ran toward the sideline there. Th- that's right. And he pulls that linebacker out of that window so that ball can get through, and you'll be able to see it right here once we go back. Now, let's watch Spencer Rattler's eyes. Remember, you're going to have that safety in the middle of the field. You'll see him. He's going to bail out of there on the snap. And, you know, he's reading eyes. He's also reading route combination. Spencer's going to give him just a little look to the side. And whenever he get, oh, there it is. So he sees that initial look. The safety, you can see his head right now is turned to that route combination. He knows what he's getting, so he jumps it right away. And then you're going to see Spencer then go and lock on and get his timing with Austin Stogner. Uh, so as you Once let this he roll, sees the safety bail, he yeah. knows he has man-to-man yeah. on Stogner. Yeah, and there he comes back to Stogner. Now, uh, eyes, eyes are good here. Protection's good. Now, you'll be able to see from this angle, watch uh, what Marcus Major does as he pulls. Instead of just stopping right there, watch him pull that linebacker out of this, this window for Spencer Rattler uh, to deliver this football. And there it is. You see him pull him out. And then you see with position, he's got the guy on his back. Uh, Stogner's able to go up and make the play. And here we can kind of ID that, that catch a little bit more. It's not just an easy thing. There's a reason he goes. Like, you've got to have awareness of where you are on the field. And look at the awareness. He gets to the goal line. Instead of running that route to the one or two yard line, he gets to the goal line to where he can score a touchdown. And here's the other thing. We always talk about high point the football. You've heard that before. What does that mean? It means you go up and catch the football at your highest point and then bring it down, secure it. You see him lock it in there with the four points of pressure. Just a nicely executed play. Here's the full look all the way from the back end. That's how it's done. Really good. The only thing is, I'm curious as to Drake Stoops continues that route and kind of pulls a guy over there into coverage and almost a a little bit dangerous there, but really good stuff. Lincoln knew that they were going to get that that coverage, that pressure, five-man pressure, and he had it dialed up. They got the matchup they wanted, and that's what I said earlier is Rattler's throwing to a matchup, not to an open guy, and he puts it where? Up high where he's got the the size advantage at 6'6", going up against a six-foot safety. It's a massive play in the season. I mean, it's a turning point. If they don't get that touchdown, they're looking at fourth and eight. If you lose that game, you're 0-3 in conference play. <laughs> Who knows where the season goes? That play gives them belief, hey, we're not out of this game yet. You saw them actually end up winning it, obviously, in the uh, fourth overtime. 
I'm a basketball guy. That looks like a, a feed to the post to me. You know, <laughs> right. you've got a big. That's what it is. You got a mouse in the house. They call it. You got a six. Now Jalen Green, the Texas defensive back's not a little guy. He's six one, but Austin yeah. Stogner's six five, six six, mean. and he knows he's got him in man, and he's basically blocking him out at the goal line, and he made a tough contested catch. And that's the thing about man to man coverage on the goal line is if you run that out in the field. Well, you've got you've got help. You've got safety help. But right. whenever it's tight to the to the red zone and you don't have the help of the of the uh, the safety there and the ball's typically coming out quicker, it's much more difficult to run man to man down there. And, and especially whenever you're giving up a size advantage, that's whenever it's the worst. Big play, big play. I love listening to Teddy uh, break it down in layman's terms. Just hit rewind right now in the DVR and watch it again, and uh, it'll sink in. Hey, I wanted to ask you, uh, while we have a little time here, about Buki. Uh, Brendan Radley-Hiles has announced uh, he's entered the transfer portal. Lincoln Riley was asked about it at his press conference uh, on Wednesday. He said, I hope he comes back. We've loved yeah. having him in our program. He's been a polarizing player in the fan base the last few years. What are your thoughts on Buki? Well, I, I think a lot of things on, on Buki and that whole situation w- weren't really fair for a bunch of reasons. You know, um, he was a five-star recruit. And as we know, five-star recruits, the expectations are incredibly high. These are supposed to be program-changing players. And this it's not his fault. He didn't declare himself a five-star. Someone gave that to him, but I don't think it was ever a fair ranking. A five-star guy is supposed to be like NFL ready. You check all the boxes, but we all obviously know that he didn't have the size of a prototypical player in the secondary. So he had to fight against that, but that five-star rating gave people this, this feeling that he was going to come in and, and, you know, and he could have, and I think he did play well, but it was like almost like an expectation. And there was people saying around the time that, oh, he's going to be the next Roy Williams. I mean, you're not going to live up to that. It, it's just, it's unfair. And if you don't hit that expectation, then people are going to look at you negatively. I thought that Buki did some really good things. He had a rough freshman year, but got better and better, more consistent. He was a guy that gave them out of depth. Now, remember, Trey Norwood goes down and was supposed to start at nickel in 2019, tears an ACL in training camp, and Buki came in and stabilized that position for him, and then in 2020, he locked it down. Now, he did have some controversial plays and bad timing moments, yeah. but I think the, the positives with Buki far outweigh the negatives. We'll see what happens in his future. We'll take a timeout, wrap it up with by the numbers here on the huddle when we come back at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Stay with us. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Health. All right, welcome back. Final segment of the huddle. We got uh, Sooner Basketball right around the corner talking with Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole. You been enjoying the basketball season? How about it's been these a lot guys? of fun, man. They are a tough group. They play defense. Play some tough defense. You love defense. It's fun. All right, uh, we wrap up every show with By the Numbers. It's our off-season head-to-head uh, contest against each other. Let's see what the score is so far. I think we have a graphic here. 5-3. All right, I'm up 5-3. We need a big week from you here, Teddy. Four questions. Closest to the actual retail price is uh, gets the point. So here we go. Question number one, Teddy. 
What is the current program record for rushing yards per attempt in a single season? So not rushing yards per game, not per season, per attempt. Wow, that's tough. I wonder what the qualifier is, how many carries that you have to have. Oh, man. You want to go first or do you want to go first? Why don't you go ahead? Um, I, Ramondre Stevenson and Kennedy Brooks the last couple of years have had some big numbers here. I, I feel like Ramondre was at like eight and a half a couple of years ago. So I'll do that. I'll say 8.5. We're not – it doesn't uh, – I'll say Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know if we need a name and the number here or what, but I'll go – Stevenson, we I, just need the number, yeah, I'm told. I so I'll go like, 8.5. I thought Kennedy Brooks was like 8.8 or 8.9. I'm going to go 8.9. 8589, the answer is 8.98 by Greg Pruitt. Oh, how about that? Look at our recency bias here. Our yeah. apologies to Greg Pruitt back in 1971. That's the year of the game of the century, but you get the point. Congratulations. Yes. You were all over that. All right, question number two is, what is the lowest number of rushing yards allowed in a single game by Oklahoma? I'm going to go. You might have been involved in this game. Uh, I, I don't think so, but I'm going to go like negative 13. You think we have a game where there are negative rushing yards allowed? Now, you've got to remember, in college football, sack. a sack goes yeah. for rushing yards. Yes. Man, the game against Arkansas, you guys gave up nothing, but it was a little bit of rushing and no passing in that game. I want to say you gave up like 50 yards. I'll say 16 yards. Negative what? 13. Negative 13. I say positive 16. Negative 52 against Kansas in 1986. You are right by a long way. Of course it was Kansas, right? <laughs> All right, we're tied up. Two to go. What do we got? Question number three tonight. What is the current program record for most extra points attempted in a career? Holy cow. Uh, we, we've had some four-year kickers around here, and we've scored a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, we have. Oh, my gosh, that's tough. Um I'm just trying to do the math here. It's got to be – it's Austin Seibert. It has to be. And I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be – I'm going to say 250. 250? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's going to be more than that. I think it's going to be 300. Uh, I think it's going to be 285. All right. Let's see. 250, 285. 315 wow. by Seibert. You're on a roll. On You've a roll. taken Let's the go. lead. Last question tonight. We got to go. We got a minute left in the show. How many Sooners have won a Super Bowl? I have no idea. Well, they told us earlier that it was a, there's been 33. What was it? 33. I'm going to say 33. You 33 mm -hmm. have won a Super Bowl? It was, uh, something was on that graphic we saw early in the show about 33 different teams. I think like that's that. too high. I'm going to go 30. All right. Who we got here? The answer is 34. Oh, nicely Carl done. McAdams. Uh, so I think that leaves us tied. You took three of four tonight. I think that leaves us tied for the season. That. Well done by you. Uh, that's it for our show tonight. We'll see you next week on The Huddle. 
Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, kind of the the huddle reloaded, if you will. Here's what the plan is for the next 48 hours on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Later tonight, you will have the postgame show from the Oklahoma-Iowa State game, which is just getting ready to tip off. The Sooners and the Cyclones, oh, you will not have a midweek game next week, so we're working on getting uh, E.J. Harkless on the show. would love to get to know a little bit more about him. A great article in the OU Daily about him, so we're planning on getting him on the pod this week like we had Austin Reeves a couple weeks ago. But, again, uh, OU-Iowa State postgame show coming up as soon as that game wraps up. No midweek game because Baylor has paused basketball activities. And then tomorrow, uh, one of our final editions for a while of Sooners for Life is Jessica Cootie will sit down with one of the greatest gymnasts in Oklahoma women's gymnastics history as we celebrate 40 years of OU Women's Gymnastics on the campus of the University of Oklahoma. Kelly Garrison Thunderbird will be on the Sooner Sports Podcast on Sunday. Until then, have a great weekend. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.